Hey. How's it going? How's it going? How's it going? How's it going? Good. Can you hear us? Yeah. Uh, beautiful. Well, hashtag it's going to be fun. We're ready. Let's, let's, let's see. We can't leave it all to the kids. Well, this is, this is cool. Sitting here staring at some of the most beautiful people the world could find. They, they've been worded up. Zeke's been worded up. He needs to give me lots of amens and right. He's, he's gonna lay it on me here, but I feel so good to be connected to you guys. Uh, yeah, back home while we're over here having a season with these beautiful people. Keep looking over here because the screen's over here, but we'll uh, we'll stay focused. But anyways, yeah. Thanks, Jane, for sharing. That was. Uh, yeah, really vulnerable and yeah, helpful. Like to, I feel like I could just imagine you sitting there at the blowholes, just being met by a a God who isn't uh, overwhelmed by the things that you find overwhelming. And I find that really encouraging because, uh, yeah, I feel like you know through my own week, um, I've been reaching for those moments and those spaces and those places as well. So, yeah, thanks for sharing the way that God's meeting you in the space that you find yourself in and in, in, in the things and it kind of feels like all the pieces are are lining up this morning in a sense you know Curtis you're talking about the kind of the emotions that we find ourselves in and you know the opportunity to not become overwhelmed by the emotional state that we find ourselves in but by you know reaching for a moment where God felt close so that he can be close in the moment where it's hard to find him because I'm overwhelmed by the things I'm feeling and and Jane, you're really testifying to that. And in some senses, it's kind of what we're, it's kind of what, you know, I felt to share about this morning as I sort of went through my week this week. And some of the things that have, have stood out to me is we're sort of settling into a time over here. So we're, you know, I don't, I don't know what life looks like. It, 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 you know, people ask that question, like, oh, what does it look like? And, you know, when are you working? And what, what are the things you're doing? And, in some senses, I feel like we've been away for two months already, and in some senses, it feels like it's been two minutes. So, it's uh, yeah, but we're we're finding a a groove of restoration, I think, straight out of the gates, and and that's a cool thing. So, so this is coming a little bit out of that, but but we are, um, you know, I guess kicking off never alone, really. It's you know, we got a couple of couple of crew doing it with us over here which we're really excited about and yeah in house churches uh this is this is never alone kickoff week so we're gonna have the books handed out and get into uh, sort of the daily rhythms of what this study involves and i'm really looking forward to it as i've sort of gotten my head back into it i guess in some senses i feel like i really i really need it in in a sense like this this opportunity for something to remind me of the opportunity i have to be in the presence of Jesus every day and something that helps me think about different ways to do that and sort of guides me into moments of that and encourages and helps facilitate a space where it's easier to access that. Because let's be honest, like sometimes it, it's just really hard to either a want to stop and connect with God or B to find the ability to, or even if I sit down and I take a minute to do it, you know, maybe, maybe we can also find it really hard to actually find uh, the goodness of God, the presence of God meeting us in a moment. And so, yeah, I think all those things are are kind of the topic of the next eight weeks. Uh, how do we find the presence of God in our relationship with him 
coming closer? How do I experience this space and place where the things that I face have his uh, mind uh, connected to them? And yeah, and and so in kicking that off um, this week, really just with with a bit of a, an introductory thought, I was I was drawn to Romans eight six, and uh, Curtis, I sent it to you as a a, a big bundle, so don't stress. We'll we'll come back to the chunk of it, but I'll I'll just read it here. Yeah, Romans eight eight six. This this yeah, you know, I was journaling one morning, and I just felt like it was really hard to feel really close to Jesus. It was really hard this particular morning. I think it was Tuesday this week, and um, yeah, it just felt like ah, oh, this felt like kind of like trudging through a swamp to kind of get to him. You know, like slow, heavy steps trying to get there, and. You know, kind of through the fog or through the sludge or through the through the press, I felt like I felt like God said, you know, Romans eight six, and I went to it, and uh, and it, it says in the Amplified, now the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sin, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace, the spiritual well being that comes from a walking with God, both now and forever. I'll read it again. Now the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sin. But the mind of the spirit is life and peace, the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God both now and forever. And I guess in the place that I found myself on that particular morning, you know, I think we could think about that first part of that verse now, the mind of the flesh is death, you know, and, and I guess we could think that of that as like a sin-based thing, like, oh, you know, when you focus on the flesh, you know, you're doing the wrong thing and you're thinking about the wrong things and you're you're pursuing the wrong things. And, you know, but this particular morning I was pursuing the right thing. You know, I was sitting there in a place that felt a bit like death uh, and relating to the first part of this ber- verse going, oh, there is a drudgery. There is a oh, there's a lifelessness to the place that I find myself and I'm trying to oomph myself from that. I'm trying to come to God from that. And and this, this pointed me to something. It said, you know, a mind that's trapped in the flesh, you know, and if we think about the flesh as, you know, sin, what is sin? You know, sin is, sin is really uh, my life in the absence of God. You know, sin is separation from God, right? We've heard that before, but we think about it being doing bad things. But really, sin is separation from God. And so when I find myself in a place that's separated in any way, shape, or form from God, I find myself in the flesh. All I've got is me. If I'm separated from God, all I'm left with is me. And in this particular moment, that's what I was feeling. And I was like, oh, this feels like drudgery. It feels like I'm, I'm, I can't get to God somehow. And this just, it, it, I read this verse and I found myself relating so deeply to the first half of it. But then it goes on to say, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace, the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God both now and forever. And I was like, my connection to him ministers life and peace and spiritual well-being. And and that is what connection with God, that is what this relationship leads to. And it, 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 it took a moment that morning to find my way to that. But really what I felt Jesus inviting me to in my personal time that morning was saying like, Brad, I'm here, like move beyond the things your mind is consumed with and your flesh is stuck on and come deeper to my spirit and find life and peace in that place. And, 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 and I'm so grateful that morning that, that I did find that I did find that, but, you know, I think I just, I just want to unpack this idea of the connection between 
what our mind finds itself focused on, and a relationship with God. Because I'm not sure that we totally relate those two things, but when you think about it, the only space that we have to relate to God is internally, which means the focus of my mind and the place in which I find my thoughts connected is really the place where I experience Him. It is the it is the union with him. It occurs there. That is the, the place, you know, I mean, I can, I can trip over a person in a coffee shop, but it's like, it's like, Jesus, I am met inside my internal being with him. And it's like, somehow this has this connection to what my mind finds itself focused on. In, in, in 1 Corinthians, you don't have these verses either, so I'll, I'll just, just read them out. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 to 12, it says, um, uh oh i missed the beginning of it i cut it off in my notes or maybe ella was ella likes to jump up on my desk and help do some work maybe she deleted some of this i'll 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 cross over i'll look it up hang on hang on stay with me verse 11 yeah here it is for what person knows the thoughts and motives of a man except the man's spirit within him so also no one knows the thoughts of god except the spirit of god Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit, who is from God, so that we may know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God. You know, I think, you know, Glenn said last week when he spoke, oh, if I've spoken on any verse a bajillion times, it would be this one. Well, for me, it's probably this one. You know, who can know the thoughts of a man except a man's own heart, his own spirit? You know, it's like you can sit there, have a conversation with yourself, and you can know your own thoughts. And no one around you can know. I'm sitting here thinking something about Zeke right now. He's got no idea, literally no idea what it is that I'm thinking about. You know, because who can know the thoughts of a man except a man himself? And it says, and who can know God's thoughts but God himself? But we've given, been given the Holy Spirit that we might know. And then it goes on in this passage in 1 Corinthians 2.16 to say, For who has known the mind and the purposes of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ to be guided by his thoughts and his purpose. When I go back to this first verse that I read, now the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sin. But the mind of the spirit is life and peace, the spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God, both now and forever. You know, I have been given the mind of the spirit. I've been given the presence of Jesus within me. This relationship with him, it's a, it is a space of thought. It's a space of seeing. It's a space of having something that supersedes what the what the flesh offers or dictates or demonstrates or says to me and and this is the this is the gift that we've been given who knows a man's thoughts but himself who knows the thoughts of god but god himself but we have been given the mind of christ and my relationship with him is less about accessing an information service it's less about getting his thoughts or his opinions or his interest in something it's about living from a new mindset completely it's about accepting and receiving the mind of Christ as my opportunity to see everything differently. But I mean, we, we find ourselves flip-flopping, like, like me on that morning. We find ourselves flip-flopping between my own thoughts, my own mind, and the mind of Christ. And sometimes it can feel so difficult to access this place in us where the mind of Christ dwells. I, I feel like John Eldridge gives us some amazing help in this area in his book, Resilient. It's in in chapter eight of the the book Resilient, and he talks about this idea of the deep well inside of us. And so he's talking about accessing the depths of our being where the spirit of God has united himself with us to to draw on the 
the fountain of living water. And, and he said, he talks about three levels of inner life. And, you know, like, like, I wouldn't say that this is like precise or scientific or, you know, I mean, we, we could sort of break it down in, in biblical terms of like body, mind, soul, spirit, how do they all interplay, but without getting too complex with it or getting too carried away with it. And he breaks it down into these three um, categories. The shallows is is the first category that he talks about. And I'm quoting from the book here. He says, the shallows of our being are characterized and ruled by the distractions of life. You know, things like keyboards and computers. And I'm not pointing my finger at anybody here. There's the, I think he's got his, he's, he's got a, he's got a savings goal to get himself a new PC. So I think that's really cool. I, for me, it's other things. It could be shoes. It could be a new set of headphones. You know, it could be anything. But the shallows of our being are characterized and ruled by the distractions of life. In the shallows, we flip from thought to thought, distraction to distraction, almost unpredictably. You know, have you ever sat down to be with God and your mind is just like, oh, on the groceries, on the picking up from school, on the thing I need to do, on that thing I forgot to do, on that email I didn't respond to, on that person I didn't text back, on that on that thing that I want. Oh, all of a sudden I'm Googling my next dinner out or I'm making plans for something or I'm, I'm online shopping or, you know, this is, this is the, the, the environment of the shadow shallows, almost unpredictably flitting from one thing to another. It's like, I love the way that he describes that because it's so relatable. And then he says, you know, the next layer down is the Midlands. He calls it the Midlands. I feel like that's a very American term, but the Midlands, like kind of the, anyway, we got the idea. The Midlands the Midlands are characterized and ruled. Now I'm quoting from the book. The Midlands are characterized and ruled by what I, echoing Jesus, would call the cares of life. The deeper worries, the heartaches, the longings, and aspirations that occupy the human heart. Midlands are deeper down in our being because they're the terrain of weightier matters. Distractions keep you in the shallows for much of your day. They burn mental energy and take focus on a roller coaster ride. But it's the pressure of mid the Midlands that keeps you up at night. Those are the things that cause us to pray, the things that give us ulcers. The Midlands, not the shallows, tend to be the place of our tears. Like you can think about that, you know, you can picture that, like this place of stress, this place of fear, this place of worry and concern. Like it's it's the weightier matters. It's, you know. What's going to happen with our kids? How are we doing in our marriage? How are we going to, you know, how are we going to find our way forward? What's this next season going to hold? You can kind of feel it as you move into that idea of that, 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 um, that Midlands place or that this place of our soul, our true being, you know, and, and, and both of these are, are flesh-based realities. You know, when, when, when we're talking about Romans 8, 6, you know, it's like the mind of the flesh is death, you know, both of these places are places of separation from God. They are me, and I have these with or without Jesus. The shallows in the Midlands don't require the Spirit of God to be present. It's they are there. They are there. Then he goes on to suggest a, a third level, which is the depths of your being. He says, this is Eldridge Still. Uh, deeper still, down in the depths of your being, is the essence of your existence and the dwelling place of God, now that you have invited him to live with you. The depths are characterized and ruled by eternal things like faith, hope, love, and joy, to name a few. We all have a deep inner life, whether we pay attention to it or not. This is very hopeful because we can learn to access it. 
We are looking to find the presence of God in our innermost being. To experience him and to commune with him there. By tapping into his actual presence within us, we're able to receive the strength that prevails. It begins with simply giving him your attention. We set aside a time to give God our undivided attention. The battle is always for your attention. The new thought is that we are giving our, giving our attention to God who lives within us. I mean, this isn't a new idea to us. We talk about these things all the time, but I think as we start to you know, emphasize it in this season, I think we need to be reminded that the, the relationship that we're seeking is an internal relationship. And when I find myself moving through the, the shallows, through the midlands, these deeper worries and concerns, and then accessing something deeper. Jesus, what do you see? You know, Janessa, in your story, you know, the, the things of the, the midlands, the deep cares, the deep worries, the place we find ourselves, the things that we're, we're worried about, the, the disappointments that we feel, those things, that they're not too much for him. And on our way to meeting him, we, we must move through those things. As we move deeper in ourselves. we move through those things to find the, the depths of our being and the presence of God there. And it's like, if I deny where I am, I, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to find him because I'm moving deeper in myself in being present to find a relationship with God. I'm not trying to exit out of myself to, to access something that's far off. Yeah. I mean, really, the, the whole first half of Romans chapter 8 really unpacks this uh, incredibly, but I, I don't want to, I'm conscious of our time, and I don't want to don't want to take time to read it all, but I, I'll jump back in at Romans chapter 8, verse 6 to 11. In, in, in light of this idea of an inner depth of being where Christ dwells, and needing to move through shallows, and needing to move through these midlands, these being the mind of the flesh, and find the mind of the Spirit within me, and be one who's focused on the mind of the Spirit, that I might find this relationship with God dwelling so so richly in my life. Anyways, he says, Paul says in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 6 to 11, Now the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sin. The mind of the Spirit is life and peace. The spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God both now and forever. The mind of the flesh with its sinful pursuits is actively hostile to God. It does not submit itself to God's law since it cannot. And those who are in the flesh living a life that caters to sinful appetites and impulses cannot please God. However, you are not living in the flesh controlled by the sinful nature, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God lives in you, directing you and guiding you, but if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him and is not a child of God. If Christ lives in you, though your natural body is dead because of sin, your spirit is alive because of righteousness, which he provides. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. You know, the peace, the spiritual well-being that we're pursuing you know, isn't something that we get with an answer that we have to run off with. It's something that comes from a place of knowing uh, Christ dwells with me. 
And there's a perspective beyond my own that supersedes the worries that I have that that doesn't write off the disappointments, doesn't write off the difficulties, doesn't write off the worries or the the cares, but actually comes and answers them, uh, offers uh, a different source, a different uh, level of, uh, well, peace, I guess, really, you know, something which, which, which can be relied upon. And in the absence of relationship with the depths of our being, where the spirit of Christ dwells, all we're left with is whatever, uh, whatever our soul is rolling around with, or whatever shallows of, of thinking we're, we're left with as our own distractions. And I think over these weeks to come, you know, one of the most powerful things that happens as we become people who are, you know, I, I sort of spoke about it two weeks ago, the last time that I shared, two weeks ago, maybe it was three. Anyways, uh, you know, where I was talking about this idea of slipstream. When, when we discover or encounter a person in our life who's spending times in the depth of their being, receiving from the presence of Jesus and walking in that peace, that's an incredibly encouraging and stabilizing and steadying person. And I think, you know, the the, the powerful thing about this idea of spiritual relationship is that I am relating to the Spirit of God, the mind of Christ with me. And then from that place, I'm relating from spirit to spirit with you. The depths of what we share become spiritual relationship, not just soulful relationship. And when we begin to come together and the things that we are accessing and sharing and dwelling in and and, and and ruminating on are the things of of the mind of Christ within us, this something forms among us that supersedes what we can just have as friendship or as uh, companions or as partners or as co-workers. Something begins to form that's coming from the depths of Christ within us. And you know, I really believe that in this in this house church time that we're going to share sort of a across these next weeks, that God really has a heart to connect us to the depth of his spirit within that we would relate more intimately and more pervasively and more presently with uh, uh, the life-giving power of Jesus within us. But then what we would begin to experience is something among us that he begins to do as we are emphasizing uh, a deep connection with him and a sharing in those places and spaces. I'll close out the thought this morning with Romans chapter 8, the next bit on from what I just read, verse 12 to 17. He goes on to say, Paul, so then, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but not to our flesh, our human nature, our worldliness, or our sinful capacity is to live according to the impulse. Sorry, we have an obligation, but not to our flesh, not to live according to the impulses of the flesh, our nature without the Holy Spirit. For if you are living according to the impulses of the flesh, you're going to die. But if you're living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body, and you will really live forever. For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading again to fear of God's judgment, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, the spirit producing sonship by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit, assuring us that we believers are children of God. And if we are his children, then we are his, his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his spiritual blessing and inheritance. If indeed we share his suffering, so we may also share in his glory.
This is the truth. We've been pulled into his family. We've been given a spiritual inheritance. We are his, we are his kids. This is the space and place we find ourselves as we allow ourselves to relate. And you know, as I'm sitting there that morning in my journal, feeling like I'm sludging through the swamp to, to get to the depths of my being. You know, it was a heavy soul that was keeping me from him. It was a, it was a, a bunch of deeper issues of the heart that made it feel hard to get out of those things into something deeper. But as I came to the, the depths of my being and found the spirit breathing life and peace, um, you know, I, I found this space. I found the love of, of God in a place and space where I needed it. I found truth. I found encouragement. And uh, yeah, I, I'm really believing as we continue to move deeper into ourselves in this season and be be led there by reflections and by conversations with each other and by a mutual commitment together to say, hey, we're going to do this. We together are going to go after something of God in our own lives and in our shared experience. I'm really believing that something wonderful of uh, of our inheritance is going to begin to come to light in this time. Yeah. So let's let's kick it out to some some groups for some discussion, I guess, you know. How do we experience, you know, this idea of the shallows and the midlands and the depths of being and, you know, this, this, you know, we can, we can take the John Eldridge angle on this morning or, or if the thing that stuck out to you more is this, this idea of a, of a mind focused on the things of the flesh is death and a mind focused on the spirit is life and peace. You know, what, what does it look like to continue to pursue the life and peace of being those who are in deeply related to, uh, to his spirit? So. Sure, love you guys, and yeah, it's good to good to be connected in this way. And yeah, let's jump into some groups, or uh, we'll have one group here. We'll let you guys figure out how many uh, how many crews there, but we'll um, yeah, a little bit of a chat about this idea of moving deeper into the depths of our being, finding this life-giving force. There.